from Learfield in the south end zone of Kyle Field, this is Studio 12. And the fight in Texas Aggies take down the top ranked tide, just tomahawked it home. Olsen magic of the limb on and the ready and nighting of the rivalry. 15 strikeouts. What a performance. On the Texas A&M Sports Network, this is Studio 12. Hope you're looking forward to a good weekend. I'm Will Johnson here in the south end zone of Kyle Field. And we welcome you in. We welcome you to Studio 12. Uh, if you haven't seen it already, we taped another yelling review with our director of athletics, Ross Bjork. We did that on Wednesday. It's up on available to you on video. Uh, we're going to get you the audio here today on this show. We like to run it back when we have a yelling review with Ross on the very next Studio 12. Well, this is the next Studio 12 after that taping on Wednesday, so we will run back the yelling review with our AD, Ross Bjork, for you on this show. That's coming up. It will take up almost the entirety after this break. But we're going to start with Around Aggieland. It is presented by ANCO. ANCO is a proud partner of Texas A&M Athletics, and they provide independent, client-focused, and value-driven solutions for all your insurance needs. Visit ANCO.com. And when you go around Aggieland, you start at Davis Diamond. This weekend, Texas A&M Softball, they have their final SEC series of the year as far as the regular season is concerned. And it's their final three home games of the season. They will host Missouri. Make note of the time change today. Series starts this afternoon. Time change. Originally, we were going to go at 5 o'clock against the Tigers today. That time has changed to 4 o'clock. So a 4 o'clock first pitch between Aggie Softball and Mizzou out at Davis Diamond. And then the series continues on Saturday, 5 o'clock first pitch there, and concludes on Sunday, 5 o'clock first pitch. So 4, 5, and 5 are your game times Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Texas A&M softball against Missouri at Davis Diamond. Softball team will have a road game next week at Houston. That will cap the regular season as a whole. Then softball will look forward to the SEC tournament And after the SEC tournament, they will be selected into the field for the NCAA tournament. Soon enough, we will know their destination and where they're headed for the NCAAs. Also, baseball last night, tough one, lost it to Arkansas, 7-5 to the Hogs. Baseball drops to 9-10 in SEC play. And, ooh, the starting pitching, it is rough. Aggies still having trouble getting a starting pitcher to take them into games. When you look around and think of the team as a whole, offense pretty good, defense pretty good, bullpen is pretty good, uh, but they just don't have the starting pitching right now to take them deep into games, and it can cause a struggle. And last night was a struggle as the pitching staff as a whole walked 14 Arkansas hitters in the 7-5 to five loss. So they will resume that series in Fayetteville today from Baumwalker Stadium, 6 o'clock tonight, and then tomorrow at 11 a.m. The series will conclude. So 6 o'clock tonight from Fayetteville, then 11 a.m. tomorrow. Baseball, their series with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Continuing with Around Aggieland, presented by ANCO. Women's golf, they have been 
given a one seed in the NCAA regionals, and they're going to play at the TPC San Antonio. As far as the regionals are concerned, should they advance, it's on to the NCAA championships. But women's golf, the SEC champions, they won the SEC title at Greystone and Hoover, and now they take the TPC San Antonio heading west for the regionals. They are the one seed, Texas A&M, women's golf. And women's tennis, both of our tennis teams will know where they're playing for the NCAAs on Monday. That's when the NCAA tournament field is selected. The men and women will both make it. The women will host at the Mitchell Center as they are the number two ranked team in the country, probably going to be the number two national seed, maybe the number three. Regardless, the women will host early rounds of the NCAA tournament when that field is selected on Monday. Selections were made as far as the all-SEC team in tennis yesterday. And Mary Stoyana on the women's side is the SEC Player of the Year. And she is just having an incredible career at Texas A&M. She was fantastic as a freshman, sensational as a sophomore. And yes, as just a sophomore, Mary Stoyana, the SEC Women's Tennis Player of the Year. Congratulations to her. So that wraps up Around Aggieland presented by ANCO. When we come back, we start with the April edition of Ross Bjork's Yellen Review. Our AD sat down to answer questions from you, the 12th man. We'll have his replies for you on the other side of the break and pretty much for the remainder of this show. We begin with Ross Bjork's Yellen Review for April on the other side of the break on The Zone. Welcome back to the south end zone of Kyle Field. Will Johnson back with you. As we said, we're going to get to Ross Bjork's yelling review for April. For the remainder of this show, I'll be joined by Ross and Tyler Pig on this edition of the Y&R. So before we get to the line of questioning from the 12th man, we talk a little golf because we hadn't got to speak with Ross since the epic showing of Sam Bennett at Augusta National at the Masters. So we're going to start with a little bit of golf before we get to the line of questioning from the 12th man. But for the remainder of the show, we're going to be bringing you Ross Bjork's April yell and review questions submitted by Aggies from around the state and country. If you ever have a question for Ross on a future yell and review, submit it at 12thman.com slash askross. So here we go. April yell and review right now. Uh, Before we get to this robust line of questioning from the 12th man, uh, we have to hit a topic that I know that our fans are very interested in because uh, you got to go out to Augusta National earlier this month, and this was after our last yelling review, so we wanted to get to this with you. You got to see Sam Bennett at the Masters, and it was a historic and just memorable amateur performance yeah. and he was the low am uh, right. winning the yeah, silver right. cup at augusta right. national but uh you got to be there as he walked off 18 on his final round yeah. what a great day for sam aggies all around to watch him at this year's masters yeah we're um i i love it when like a certain team does something wins a championship or whatever because you know we're a, we're a tennis school you know for <laughs> for one day and then uh we're a golf school today we're a golf school right, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. because women's golf is the number one seed in the san antonio regional that came out mm-hmm. so they'll be heading down there uh here in a few weeks and then uh, obviously with what sam has done and um yeah just being there you know what was really cool um and Sam talked about this. He talked about the patrons being so respectful. 
it really and I followed him on, on every hole. I mean, I, we chased him down. I mean, I, I think I walked 11 and a half miles on that Sunday because we <laughs> followed him from hole number seven to finish up the third round on seven green and then all the way through the final round. And it really started in the final round on 11, 11 green and 12 tee box because that's amen corner mm-hmm. and they're side by side. He got a standing ovation walking off 11 yep. green, mm-hmm. 12 tee box. Standing ovation between 13 green, 14 tee box. Standing ovation coming into 15 green, 16 tee box. And then, of course, walking up. uh, And he got the same thing on 17 green, but walking up to 18. So really just the appreciation that people had for, forget playing golf. Like, I think it was more about who he is as a human being and as a person and his story and his perseverance and Oh, yeah, by the way, he is good at golf, really good at golf. (laughs) really good. Right? It was really the story, I think, that people really gravitated towards. So we we decided to do an analysis, and and Tyler knows way more about these things than me, but we wanted to know what was the total number of impressions and the impact that that story had, social media, TV. So here's some really cool numbers. Uh, 598 web article mentions. So really, that's kind of over a two-week period. Mm-hmm. 23,642 TV mentions. Yep. Mm-hmm. That equated to a Nielsen rating, which, which rates television broadcast viewership, to 632 million impressions. 40,000 views uh, of his bio on 12thman.com. During the Masters. How many do we get for you know, a high-profile player? Great, that's a great question, 10, Ross. 10,000? Because like a football game you know? is a great example. Matt Simon, who's our yeah. producer, we have a little uh, kind of analytics chart that comes up that we track during football games yeah. just to see the site spikes or uh, what's going on. And you'll, you got catches a touchdown. Moose Muhammad's a good example. Yeah. His one-handed catch against uh, LSU. He had about 8,000 okay. people within a 24-hour okay. period. That's so 40,000 40, people over a four-day yeah. stretch, which is pretty impressive. A 450% increase uh, for Sam Bennett on his Instagram. And then if you look at our golf accounts, um, our men's golf uh, social media accounts grew by 380% across all the channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, 2.5 million impressions across those three platforms. Um, so, I mean, just so many things. I mean, lots of other numbers and things like that that we're still kind of gathering and, and really, and we'll package this all up and, and do a probably a comprehensive report that we'll release. But just we wanted to showcase that in terms of the impact of sports, but the impact of stories, you know, when it becomes personal, that's where people gravitate towards. So it's really just the power of athletics, the power of a story like Sam Bennett. Obviously, a platform like the Masters um, is uh, is something that, you know, you can't match as well. So just a, a really cool moment. Uh, for the really the entire university and, and really all of Aggies. I mean, I don't know how many people I heard from saying, I followed every shot, I'm so proud. You know, then they heard from friends or neighbors who knew they were Aggies, and they're like, hey, the Sam Bennett guy. So just a really, uh, really cool moment, uh, not only for him, but the entire university. You know what might be a fun study, TP, is uh, you take the 40,000 views of Sam's bio on 12thman.com, Compare it with what's about to happen. You have three Aggies about to get picked in the NFL draft. Yeah. I'm sure mm-hmm. people in those yeah. cities right. where it's they go may want to check yeah. out their bio from yeah. Texas. Because yeah. the NFL draft and the Masters, they're mega sporting events. Right. They're, they're, they're right. huge in this country. <clears throat> yeah, the last time we did a study like this was around the Alabama game from yeah, 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and just that, again, 
impression. I mean, hundreds of millions worth of impressions. Same same kind of thing here that we're talking about. So, well, it's a perfect really storm for Sam too, as he begins his what will be his professional right. career this summer. He right. uh, was able to use his name, image, and likeness now to to, to mm, facilitate some deals. Example. He had right. some NIL deals that he was wearing at the at mm-hmm. the Masters, mm-hmm. but he's also going to be able to take that mm-hmm. now. Has been able to be That's in right. the, uh, the the marketing field, yeah. the branding field for what he'll do when he turns pro this I summer. Would say, uh, I would say the value of his professional deals compared to what they were before uh, the Masters, I think they went up. Skyrocket. I think they went <laughs> yeah. up a little bit. So. Yeah. <laughs> really, really proud of Sam and uh, really just the young man that he is more, uh, really more than even the golf. So yeah. great yeah. testament to, to the program and to Sam. And later on, before we close out, there will be a quick question posed <laughs> to Ross comparing his oh, golf yeah. game to That's, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'll be a very quick answer. But you're going to get some strokes here. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, okay. so don't worry about yeah. that. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. As we said, two full pages to get mm. to today. A lot coming to you from the 12th man. As always, if you have a question for Ross, for a future yelling review, you can submit it at 12thman.com slash askraw. So, and a bunch came through there mm-hmm. uh, throughout the week and today. So let's begin. James McClure is class of 86 from right here in Bryan. He said, with Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC in the future, do you think conference championships and tournaments will be moved from their current locations and migrate towards Texas? Football, men's and women's basketball and baseball seem entrenched. And having them occasionally play in Texas yeah. would be great. Yeah. No, I think it's a great question, James. Um, and actually, these conversations about uh, more impressions in Texas started before SEC expanded in 2021. When I got here in 2019, I noticed that void that there's not a lot of Western footprint sort of exposure, if you will, in platforms uh, from an SEC hosting standpoint, uh, whatever it might be. And so we actually started those conversations uh, with the conference office before OU in Texas. Now, obviously, it makes more sense because we got more members out this way. So football's in a long-term deal in Atlanta. Basketball's, men's basketball's in a long-term relationship in Nashville. And those are both great cities for, for those events. Women's basketball's in a kind of a shorter-term agreement, but Greenville, South Carolina has been really good. We just approved a um, new format in volleyball. Well, we we will have a postseason volleyball tournament. So those are the kind of op- opportunities I think that we have to look at to try to get something in the state of Texas. Um, then you have other things like media days, right? Football media days is a big deal. We're seeing more rotation of that. This year it's in Nashville, right? We've gone to Atlanta. Hoover has kind of been the hub of that um, there at the Winfrey Hotel. So I think we have to be creative about not just tournaments, but what other big events are we hosting within the SEC and how do we get those in the state of Texas? So, James, you're, you're on it. Uh, you and I are thinking alike, and uh, in the SEC, the office believes in that as well. Um, and it's really not just about the expansion. It's really about the state of Texas and the profile that it provides. So, um, and that platform is, uh, is gigantic. And we have, we have really great cities that can host these kind of things too. So mm-hmm. uh, more to come. And, and I think uh, you're on the right track, James, and how you're thinking about it. We're bringing back the Yellen Review with Ross Bjork for you on this Friday. We recorded it on Wednesday right here inside Studio 12 to see what Ross thought about the line of questioning from the 12th man, and a lot of them sent in this month. When we come back on Studio 12, we will continue with Ross on the zone. Will Johnson back with you. And as we said, we are bringing you back the April edition 
of the Yellen Review with Texas A&M's Director of Athletics, Ross Bjork. Let's continue those sessions right now. Uh, Elliot Weiss, class of 27, he's from Pflugerville, Texas. And I like the phrasing he has in this first <laughs> sentence here. He said, a while yeah. ago, Parker McCollum tweeted that it would be dope, in, yeah. in quotations, to perform in Kyle Field towards the end of summer mm. and even tweeted last May that playing a show at Kyle Field was on his list mm-hmm. of goals. Mm-hmm. Have you had any discussions about the possibility of a concert in Kyle Field? Thanks and giggle. Yes, Elliot, we have. And so we actually have we actually have a whole unit within our athletic program that schedules, um, books, uh, forecasts, um, solicits outside events. Mm-hmm. So we're hosting rodeo this weekend. Yeah, this, this weekend, weekend mm-hmm. we have rodeo. We had a comedy show a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago. So we are trying to build that that whole unit out even more so to, to to really talk about music and how do we get music in our venues and it Kyle Field to be awesome. That takes a special type of artist that uh, has the ability to fill a stadium like that. So we have had conversations around Kyle Field, around Reed Arena, about music. Um, the good and the bad about our location is we're in a great spot with a, a nice population, and we have 70,000-plus students. The bad part is we're kind of in a triangle between Houston, Austin, and San Antonio and Dallas. And so – are they gonna go do a show in Houston and then come here? Mm-hmm. And those are all—that's part of the music industry that uh, is really, really complicated. Uh, COVID obviously threw a big wrench into, you know, live events, and so a lot of people are still coming out of that trying to figure out exactly what fits. Um, so we've had lots of conversations. We're being as proactive as we can with all kinds of partners. We actually have contracts with um, operators who go out and find concerts. Um, on our behalf and so we're working on this and uh, we would love to have Parker we'd love to have another big time act Um, maybe they have A&M ties like Parker does Um, so the key is uh, backstage passes for the (laughs) broadcast crew (laughs) not the AD the broadcast crew so uh, great question Elliot and uh, I hope that we can uh, we can land something uh, here very very soon yeah yeah uh TP, I don't know if you talk the T Swift concert over there in uh, NRG this weekend. I, no, nobody made it down there, did they? Yeah, I feel like everybody that I've ever met in my life yeah. was at NRG yeah. Stadium oh, yeah. this weekend. Oh, so. I, had for fam- me. I had family members down there, but yeah. I didn't get invited. Yep. Yeah, they, me either. Did not make it. Me neither. <laughs> Maybe next time. Yeah. We have uh, we have partnerships with uh, the city of College Station because obviously this would benefit them. You know, the city of Bryan. I mean, they they would be investors in helping, mm-hmm. you know, bring acts like this. I mean, so. The, the pro forma on this involves a lot of different people, um, and obviously it's got to pencil out on all those different partners. And so uh, it, it, it's complicated, but we, we want to make something happen, and, um, and I think we can do something here hopefully mm-hmm. pretty soon. All right. Andrea Lede is class of 98 she, uh, from Garland, Texas, and here's the question. Our TAMU cheer squad just won their third NCAA national championship in six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're not a recognized athletic program within our A&M sports department uh, asking why. And our dance team is a recognized – it says why, but it then says mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. a recognized mm-hmm. athletic program. But why are they not uh, a recognized athletic yep. program? Uh, cheer, they're saying, is a recognized FBS sport. What would be the pathway for this talented team to become a recognized and supportive program yep. by A&M Athletics? 
Yeah, there, there's uh, there's several layers to this. Um, one, from what I understand, the the cheer squad here at Texas A&M is part of club sports, which <laughs> falls under recreational sports here, which is a student affairs uh, organization. And so there's a lot of club teams that win national championships here at Texas A&M. I mean, I, I see our hockey teams yep. do well. Mm-hmm. I think we have lacrosse teams that do well, cheer in this case. And so those are club sports, not intercollegiate athletic sports. So that that's a difference from that perspective. But as far as spirit here at Texas A&M, the yell leaders are the keepers of the spirit. And, and they have been for over 100 years, and they're going to maintain that. Um, as long as uh, as long as I'm the AD, I'm sure that'll uh, remain, and that's 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 tradition. That's part of what makes A&M special. So, um, as far as recognizing them, that's really a club sport activity. Obviously, the spirit of our athletic programs is the yell leaders, and then we have the dance team, and, and like she said, they, they are a part of our athletic program, and that that's how it's going to yeah. be, um, you know, moving forward. Mm-hmm. And that's what she meant when yep. I when I mixed that up. She yep. meant the dance team right. is yep. recognized right. in our that's athletics right. department. My yep. apologies for yep. fumbling that a little bit. But Nolan Moore has two submittals, and Nolan Moore is becoming pretty popular here. He's he's from Orange, Texas, uh, near the Louisiana border, class of twenty two. Uh, interesting question here because yeah. it's been a topic yeah. as of late. Uh, People around, have been talking about this. Yeah. yeah. So. Yep. Nolan hit you with this. There's been yeah. the idea thrown out there by some to scrimmage an in-state program for your spring game uh, to reduce players' risk of injury by 50% and enhance fan interest in watching and attending the spring game. Basically, you go against an opponent instead of yourself <clears> in the spring game. Uh, he goes on to say, I think it would be an excellent change to spring football games <clears> and make an Aggieland Saturday even more exciting and a memorable experience. This idea has, has this idea mm-hmm. come up in any SEC meetings? If it hasn't, how could this idea become a reality? Last thing he says: If you like this idea, who would you like to see as a first <laughs> in-state spring game opponent? Yeah. <laughs> so there we go yeah. with our so first the, the uh, lot specific questions. Here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> has this idea come up before? Yes, very loosely, not in a really a formal setting, but more of an you know idea conversation uh, at SEC meetings. Um, if it hasn't, how could this idea become a, it, it, these are, these are good ideas kind of in a soundbite, but when you start breaking down how it would actually work and be processed and be scheduled, it gets really complicated because again, we would obviously want to host the game. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what if we reached out to a po- an opponent and they said, no, 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 we, we host our spring game because we have. We have Parents Weekend. We have a spring festival. We have a baseball series that we always attach our spring game to. Whatever. So who will actually do this? Who will actually agree to it? Well, then it'll come down to money, right? And then so we already pay guarantee games for opponents like this already during the regular season. So how much would you be investing in a guarantee to bring a Sam Houston or Prairie View or – somebody like that that would be close by. So it's not as simple um, as saying, oh, yeah, we should play, you know, Sam Houston in the spring game. Well, Sam Houston has their own ideas. They have their own (laughs) spring platform. They have their (laughs) own agenda that they have to execute. Um, So I I don't think it would be as easy as it sounds um, when you actually get down to it. Um, Maybe there's some opponents that would, you know, do a scrimmage perhaps, but then they still have their own spring game. Right, More on, like the on NFL their, training their, their camp model. That's, yeah. that's exactly mm-hmm. right. So I see 
ideas like that having more ground and, and more traction than, hey, we're going to play Sam Houston State at Kyle Field on April 15th, and then Sam Houston has nothing on their end. Mm-hmm. They don't want to do that. You know, the ADs that I've talked to, they don't want to give up sort of what their platforms yeah. are on their campus. And so, you know, and again, is that being disrespectful to Sam Houston say, oh, yeah, you, you, of course you should play at Kyle Field. They may say, no, 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 we have our own stage. We have our own platform. We have our mm-hmm. own, you know, charity. So it's it sounds good. Uh, would it be neat to have? Would it save injuries? You know, because he, he mentioned, you know, 50% of your players, you're playing against somebody else. Yeah, you can run all that analysis, but it, scheduling these things out, it's well, not going to be that easy. It would start when teams have their allotted time to Ross to schedule their own right. spring practice, the amount right. of days they have when that's it right. starts. And then, yeah. Yeah, that's look, not even talking about look the operational. How many, look how many spring games were this weekend. Look how many were on April yeah. 15th. Yep. Look how many were on April the 8th. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like not everybody matches up and their 15-day window yep. with and each other. teams cancel right. their mm-hmm. games because of rain. They ran out of time in their practice right. window. So it's it, yeah. right. it's not as easy so, said and done. anyway. And just the Nolan, simple. good question. Yeah. I appreciate it. It has been talked about. Um, again, it's a good soundbite, but when it comes down to actually making it happen, it's uh, it's pretty pretty complicated. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just and hearing coaches with so many different opinions or thoughts yeah. on it, yeah. and yeah. I know Coach Fisher mentioned yeah. I can run a game my way right. with my people. Right. Well, what yep. if it doesn't right. connect with what that opponent? Yeah. What wants if to uh, do and, yeah. what if uh, what if the week leading up to it, you have uh, five offensive linemen that get dinged up, and you're like, yeah. ah, I'm not gonna I'm not, not gonna, gonna play. Yeah. Then you. Don't, then you're not playing the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you set it all up. And so there's just too many unpredictable components around spring practice and around your spring game that that just don't make it as straightforward as it yeah. is what it sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting uh, discussion that's been yeah. going on uh, yeah. about that. It's kind of like, you know, high schools do jamborees, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, my son mm-hmm. plays high school football. They do these sort of jam, you know. Could you do something like that? You know, maybe, but the other – team is probably going to want to have their own spring game in yeah. their stadium yeah. with their fans yeah. so it's mm-hmm. they get that taken away pretty uh, pretty difficult yep it's the yelling review with ross bjork the april edition coming back to you on studio 12 on this friday taking you into the weekend when we come back we will conclude the proceedings with our ad it's coming up next on the zone So we return and we will wrap up this show and the Ross Bjork Yellen Review from April right here as we get going, uh, as we get back to the Yellen Review. We got a little 12th Man Foundation news for you. That gets us going on the conclusion of the Ross Bjork Yellen Review. Wichita, Kansas comes in uh, for the second Yellen Review in a row. Yeah. Chase Coke. Uh, can we get an update on how much money has been raised for NIL through the 12th Man Plus Fund? Really, honestly, it's too early to, to report. I know it's been launched a couple months. Um, they, they're still working on some logistical things around uh, exactly how to deploy uh, student-athlete activity, and so it's, it's really, uh, really too early to tell around uh, how much money has been, has been raised. Mm-hmm. In the 12th Man Plus Fund. Now there is other news coming out of the 12th yeah. Man Foundation. A lot of good news yeah. as well, though. <laughs> I mean, really, when you think about it, so the Centennial came Centennial campaign was launched a year ago, mm-hmm. really almost to the date, and in less than a year, the 12th Man Foundation, our donors, our staff, they were able to 
build out this campaign and reach the goal of 120 million in less than a year um, and and sell out all the all the suites as well we had 21 suites that were added Mm -hmm. to kyle field and those were all sold and so that that's additive uh, to the campaign so just amazing work by our donors i mean it's really humbling to be at a place where people care so much and they're willing to give of their uh, of their resources and then to have a, a staff you know, led by Travis Dabney and, and the 12 Man Foundation staff to be able to execute it um, in really a short amount of time is is amazing. So it's really it's the largest standalone campaign outside of Kyle Field in the history of our athletic program. So a lot of positive uh, momentum around uh, fundraising, ticket sales, 12 Man Foundation, all of our external activities. So really, really, really proud and and appreciative of uh, all the work that was yeah. put into this. And all those projects are still ongoing because we they see are. the steel put up today on the yeah. indoor football practice uh-huh. facility. That's it's right. moving quick. Mm-hmm. It's moving fast. Mm-hmm. All to be ready by the opening weekend. Yeah. So, yep. This is the final question of our early submittals. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we'll hit the lightning round. <laughs> yeah. But uh, first, let's get to Richard, class of 91 in Houston. What is the timeline for improvements to Olsen Field at Bluebell Park? Where are we with the process. Yeah. yeah, so we got approval from the Board of Regents to start planning, and you have to go through what's called a program of requirements process. It takes three to six months, so we're right in the middle of the program of requirements process right now. Hopefully we'll have that finished by maybe the end of June. Um, if everything can go according to plan, I hope that we can start some aspects of the project maybe by next summer, summer of 2024. It's going to go in stages the way it has to be built. We obviously don't want to move out. Yep. We don't want to play somewhere else um, while we're doing construction. So it's going to be over a couple years anyway. Um, and so if everything goes right from the programmer requirements to design to fundraising, all of those elements, maybe we can start something in the summer of 2024. And so that's what we're working towards. We're trying to be aggressive and go as fast as we can because we know there's a need. There's a need for more seating. There's a need for player components, um, recruiting. Our you know our hitting facility doesn't have air conditioning. You know things like that. We we know we have to address, and so we're we're trying to go as fast as we can. All right. So uh, like we said uh, earlier, eleventh hour Ross yeah. sent out a tweet. Told you Aggies out there that there's still time to get questions in. Here we go. And the Aggies responded in earnest. So. If we go lightning round here, uh, TP, why don't we bounce back and yeah, forth here? I'll go first. You throw in the second question. Now, it's the yelling review. Yeah. You're allowed to yeah. spend as much time on these answers as yeah, you there's like. There's no timer. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We're not under yeah. a time limit yeah. here, but we'll hit yeah. you with them rather quickly because all of these came in within the past mm-hmm. couple of hours for today's yell and review. First, Ryan McCoy, class of 22 from McKinney, Texas. What are your thoughts on the rumored changes to the field rushing sanctions that are being discussed around mm-hmm. the SEC. Mm-hmm. Lots of thoughts on it. Lots of ideas. Um, been a part of, obviously, those those conversations. Obviously, we've had, let's see, since I've been here, we had uh, the Alabama game and we had the LSU game. Mm-hmm. So we've had two um, at Kyle Field. We almost had one, a around, the, one. around the Alabama yep. basketball game on March the 4th. But I think everybody realized, hey, look, Let's act like we've won some big games before. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think, uh, you know, cooler uh, cooler heads prevailed, if you will. Look, we we want people to have fun. We want people to enjoy these moments. But there there is a true safety issue 
when it comes to these incidents. I mean, if you see what happened at Tennessee, I mean, people get hurt. I, I was at Ole Miss, and I literally saw somebody jump, and l- their, their ankle literally snapped, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's no fun to, to, to see that. Um, and so I think we have to get to a place where we talk about behavior, and we talk about educating, and we talk about protecting the visiting team, protecting the officials, mm-hmm. let's get them off, um, and really just change the mindset. Um, and I think that's probably one program at a time. We have to do, uh, we have to take care of Aggies, uh, change that mindset. Um, sanctions and things like that, um, those are what need to be discussed further. Because um, does somebody that is thinking about rushing the field, do they, do they think about a fine? Or some other sanction while they're in that moment, they don't. They don't. They can't. It's emotional, right? It, mm-hmm. They want to have fun. They want to release themselves. They're not thinking about oh, the impact on the university. Um, so the sanction piece is uh, is what we really need mm-hmm. to talk about as it relates to the behavior that hopefully we can educate and change and, and really change about this is not the safest thing to do. Mm-hmm. How do we have fun? How do we celebrate? But how do we make it safe? Um, so th- those are things that w- to be determined. Right. That'll be a spring meeting. So, yeah. yeah. That'll be yeah. a spring meeting topic. Heavy on, um, the, topic. Heavy on the plate. That, yeah. uh, that mm-hmm. Nolan asked about. Yeah. So mm-hmm. thanks for the question, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, our usual question. <laughs> and Luke, <laughs> we go. Luke gets the opportunity to ask this time. Kyle Field lighting upgrades, light beams. We haven't had yeah, light, light beams, beams yet. No, or, seen that okay. one. Or LEDs. LED lights. Nothing, uh, nothing uh, in the works right now. Uh, still being looked at. Still being reviewed from the context of, is that what A and M needs? Should have. To me, this is an atmosphere enhancement component. Mm-hmm. Do we need to enhance our atmosphere? I would say we have the best atmosphere in uh, in college football. And so, no, nothing, uh, nothing planned right now uh, related to lighting upgrades, or light beams, or LED. We, uh, we do have brand new lights at Reed Arena that I can plug for you, and there do. will be even yeah. more enhancements soon next year. So come to a basketball game, yeah. Luke. Yeah, that's right. And Get so, right you know, yeah, we'll we'll have some abilities mm-hmm. to yeah. flash and you know mm-hmm. strobe and, and things like that. And so, again, does that what A and M needs? Is does that fit? You know who we are? Though to me, that's more a part of it than hey, let's just do it because everyone else is doing it. Let's do it because it's the right thing for for Texas A&M. Dan, class of 98 from Houston. Here's where the golf game comes into play. A very serious question here, Ross. Uh, If you had an 18-stroke lead over Sam Bennett at Augusta National to start the round, could you win the round? Well, let's see. Is this nine holes? I think, I think he's giving you 18 holes, strokes. Nine would be hard for me. <laughs> if Let's he's giving you 18 strokes, I think he's going to want you to play 18 I don't, yeah. holes. I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't play enough golf to have an official handicap. Um, <laughs> but let's just say that I'm a bogey golfer. So, it, right. so I'll get some pars. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll get probably a, a lot of doubles and probably average as a bogey. Right, Maybe a birdie here and there. Mm-hmm. So that's 18. Right? 18 over. So that's 18 well, over. But you get yeah. the 18 strokes. I get so the 18. Par. Sam, Sam's probably, you know, he's going to shoot, you know, under under par five, six strokes. I think he fired, what, back-to-back 68s, yeah. right? So that's yeah. four under. Yeah. 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 So, no. No, I don't think I'd win. No, Not I, being yeah. a bogey golfer. And if he shoots four under, I think I lost. He took advantage of those par fives pretty well when he was there. I think so I lost. Also, I'm not sure who would win because also keep in mind, 
Augusta National here. Yeah, the greens. You, are now a you might be a bogey golfing so, golfer right, in some right, spots. Right, 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 not right. there at Augusta hey, National. Hey, Ross know, will tell hey, you that. Now, I'm, that, I'm not yeah. trying to put this right. on you, Ross. Right. I'm saying me. I'm shooting right. well over 100 at Augusta right. National. The, that no place way. is deceiving because of the way CBS does it. Right. It does not look very. Uh, it's pre, it looks kind of flat on television. Mm. No, it is not that. And the greens. <laughs> and the greens are treacherous. Are, yes, but they do have member tees. So I could play from the uh, member tee. That's a good go. point. Sam go. plays from the professional The tees. so-called tips is yeah. where Sam is May, Maybe, from. maybe, maybe a few holes. I'd get a few <laughs> holes on him. Play from the drop on 12, right. maybe not right. to hit over the water. Or maybe in that would be yeah. fun. Yeah. It's maybe, uh, maybe. Also, he didn't specify, someday. are you buying mulligans? Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Maybe someday we'll have a chance to play Sam Bennett at Augusta. There we go. Wouldn't that be great? That'd All be right. a dream. Or well, we could try it at uh, the right. Open Championship this summer if he wants to take a group of us out there. So Garrett Wright, class. 21 for Fort Worth uh, asked this. There's a time. Is there a timeline for the new football runout song, and when or will we find out during our first game yeah. on September 2nd? Uh, you're you're a part of that group, right? Yep. That's looking into that. Um, so yeah, pretty much the first game. I mean, there there obviously we're gonna get the players involved and get some of their input, and obviously the football program will ultimately sign off on it. And so yeah, pretty much the public when that first game happens, and we're looking at not only the you know entry of it, but what happens pregame. How does everything fit into the pageantry, the spirit of what we do here at Texas A&M? Obviously, the run out is sort of a culmination mm-hmm. of all the pregame activities. So we want to we want to do it the right way. We want to hit the right the right tone, if you will, um, across the board. So pretty much the the first game is when people will will find out. It's about building anticipation, Gary. That's right. That's, That's right. right. What we're in the business mm-hmm. for. Kelly, who got her master's mm-hmm. here in. 2021 yeah. asks is yeah. there an update on indoor tennis courts and if so where would they yeah. be located also would that include current updates to the outdoor courts like training room locker rooms yeah. etc yeah there there's been some there's been some news on this um, but nothing official because everything is still in the works but as far as indoor tennis courts we are actually working with the city of Bryan <clears throat> on a location of indoor courts in the midtown park uh, development. So we know there's a big shots there. They just opened Legends Event Center, which mm-hmm. is basketball, volleyball. I think they're building uh, some sand volleyball courts on the oh, outside. Wow. They're redoing the, the lake there. They're going to have some retail, some food components. So we're actually working with the city of Bryan on finalizing the look, the cost, the timeline, where they would run the facility. We would have access to it when we need it. The thing about tennis is you always want to play outside. So we only need indoor courts when we need them, and that's inclement weather, maybe some pre-scheduled indoor tournaments. But otherwise, the building would pretty much set empty if it's on our campus. So creating this partnership has been a couple years in the works, and the city of Bryan has been terrific in their support. And so hopefully that's finalized here pretty soon. Um, So it'd be located off campus, but we'd have direct access to it, and it would be close by. And then as far as the outdoor courts training room yes we have we have some ideas uh looking at some costs looking at some timing uh, we think there's some things that can be done as sort of regular part of our regular maintenance um, but there's also maybe some longer term things that may take a little more time and a little more funding so tennis is on the list we know there's some needs there uh, with the outdoor courts we just capped the outdoor courts themselves mm-hmm. last summer summer of 22 um, so there have been some improvements, and, and we'll continue to to make sure our facilities are, are top-notch. Mm-hmm. With our tennis programs, I mean, mm-hmm. what women's tennis has done with back-to-back SEC championships, number two in the country, we'll be hosting 
the uh, the first and second rounds of, of the NCAA tournament, maybe the third round as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the men obviously will make another NCAA tournament and what Steve Denton has done. And that, I mean, that's a, that's a dynasty. So lots of success with our, our tennis programs. Mm-hmm. Last one from Lisa from College Station, Class 82. She asked, why does the mm-hmm. SEC schedule have so many baseball and softball games that are on, at home on the same weekends? It sure makes it tough for fans Boy, to see both programs. I wish there was like this scheduling portal matrix, you know, somebody with – some computer, you know, science that could say, this is how you map all this out, mm-hmm. right? So every program that plays baseball and softball could have a balanced schedule. schedule. And it's just not practical, right? We play 30 SEC baseball games, so 10 series, and you only play eight series in softball. So you have 24 softball games and you have 30 baseball games. So it just doesn't match up. Some some years it might be better than others. Some years there might be back-to-back mm-hmm. games. You're stacked up. You're playing at the same time. We do have a little bit of control over some of the game times mm-hmm. if we are playing on campus at the same time. But then other times we don't, you know, with television. So I wish there was an easy solution, Lisa. I get it because, look, I, I want to go to everything. I can't make it either. I have to choose, right? Do I go to softball? Oh, do I go to a tennis match over here? Do I, you know, do I leave basketball? March 4th was a great example, right? I mean, that weekend we had basketball, we had tennis. I mean, it was packed. So, um, I'm with you, Lisa. I wish there was an easy solution. Um, there's just not. So, but we have the 12th man rewards Mm -hmm. that if you pop in the softball for an inning or two, then you go over to baseball, Mm -hmm. you can click and Mm -hmm. get some points. Yeah. So the good news is Trisha Trisha Ford did a good job at starting at five o'clock. That was something she took advantage of, of knowing the culture of A&M baseball. Right. Try to get people a chance at five o'clock to come see the softball. Maybe watch three innings, go over baseball. Yeah, for a Tuesday night game or yeah, things like that. Yeah, Friday night games we did that. Half of our games we can control the game time, so they're half a camp. That's right. But make note, Lisa, this this is the weekend that's right for you because baseball's out of town. You can get to see softball. All at five o'clock. Focus on softball. All games at five o'clock. Exactly. Missouri this weekend. It's a great point, Lisa. Uh, I wish there was an easier easier answer. I had to check the phone before we closed out to make Did sure there was no other ass cross submittal, but no. No one after tweeted that, at us? After yeah. that. Yeah. Eight consecutive emails through the yeah. Ask Raw submission came yeah. through. Uh, none left. We've hit it all. Hit it all. We've hit done it all. Yep. All right. So, Thank you, guys. All right. That'll close us out. Thanks for joining us on this Friday. Brought back to you, the Ross Bjork Yellen Review. If you have a question for the May session or any of them upcoming, submit it at 12thman.com slash askross. You can submit questions for the AD right there at the official website of Aggie Athletics. Remember, today, 4 o'clock, Davis Diamond, Texas A&M softball, begins their series with the Missouri Tigers, and it resumes on through the weekend. That will close us out from the south end zone of Kyle Field. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week on The Zone.